I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. His prints are all over the crime scene. The TV footage puts him 60 miles away. He can't have been in two places at once. You know me. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph. Do you see how strange this is? What would make someone do such a thing? He didn't do it. I have no tolerance for the unexplainable. Well then, sir, you'll have no tolerance for me. Answer me this. Do you think Terry Maitland killed that boy? If he didn't do it, someone else did. Someone else did. Someone else did. Hello, and welcome back to Castle Rock Critical. Uh, we are back tonight with our coverage of HBO's limited series adaptation of Stephen King's The Outsider, episode three, titled Dark Uncle, which bit dodge. Pretty creepy. Bit dodge. Uh, so this uh, lovely voice you hear is me, Emma. I'm your host again. Uh, and I'm joined this week again by Lucy. Hello. Uh, and finally, the lads down under have decided to pull their finger out and get on a podcast. So uh, welcome back, Len. Mm, hello. Yes. Good to be back. Had a lovely little break. Um, we'll explain why we're away in a minute. But uh, yeah, got the other little hobbit-like creature with me over here. Yeah, very, very warm welcome to yes, our hello. resident newlywed <laughs> little gals over there down under. Hello. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Hello. Sorry, yeah. No, Lem, I thought Lem was talking about the weird little hobbit creature we've got sitting next to us. But... <laughs> oh, oh, we'll yeah, introduce him last. He's not in it. He's not in it today. No, no, no. no. Like, get out. <laughs> Just get out of here. Honestly. You're not wanted. He's gone. You can be on next week. No, yeah. Um. Hello. <clears throat> Morning drunk again, by the sounds of it. Um... <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. We've, we've been away um, gathering our thoughts, marrying Gareth. And celebrating the new year Len in Tasmania. Not, so Len has mad. not been marrying me, I can clarify. I was as, not as doing a the husband, nuptials. Yeah, I thought he would have officiated, really. I think he wanted uh, to. It, well, it, I wanted to, but the, <laughs> in the state of Australia, or the country Illegal. of Australia rather, and the state of Victoria, because I'm not official yet, they wouldn't let me do it. That's yeah. the only reason. That ominous. is the only reason. That is a very, yeah. very and ominous also, statement. Because he turned up to the wedding without any clothes on, they said probably. Again, if you go, I was very yeah. sweaty because it was very clammy. It was a clammy day. It's Australia. <laughs> you knew this when you moved you... there. Yes, ginger anyway. people do not do well here. Anyway, somehow we've turned my wedding into a story all about Len. Well, um, but uh, much like the actual it was day, my actually. day. It was my day. <laughs> it was a big day for me. Seeing as we're talking about Len, uh, the outsider, uh, let's get on to the podcast, mm. shall we? Um, so we will be doing the usual structure, uh, general overview, thoughts, bloobs, plot synopsis discussion, Mm. and then a bit of Mm. a king corner, talking about Easter eggs and book differences. And then, uh, as we're into episode three, feedback section. Yay. Yay. Yeah, yeah. We've missed you. We have. We've got some good stuff this week, actually. So I believe, Len. Don't be surprised. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't you worry. Don't don't (laughs) look at my feedback. Feedback is a, you know, special time. It's um, our it's feedback. coming up after King Corner. 
and yes, I didn't know who was definitely. doing it. Anyway, um, okay. so Len, I'm going to let you kick us off. Please tell us what you thought of episode three, Dark Uncle. Uh, give us your blueberries mm. and explain the mm. system to anyone who is new to the podcast, please. Yeah, sure. No thing. Uh, no worries. Uh, what I will <laughs> say is because me and Gareth were away... Um, I'm just going to say what I think about the first two episodes as that's well. Not that's not been right, sanctioned. Quickly. That no, that's not the script. Not, it's not been in the script. But there'll, be no, there'll be no scripts on the night. But what I will say is, I bloody love this show. Um, it's extremely excellently made. Well, well made. It, it, it's just such <laughs> a brilliant visual feast of dark gothic sort of crime. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, the acting's fantastic. I think Ben Mendelsohn is absolutely awesome. I think Jason Bateman in a serious role is doing a great job. His directing seems to be pretty good. I'm loving the editing. I think it's just so good. Um, and I've listened to the your, your guys' other two podcasts and stuff. So very good, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I like the way that they're, right. I like the way they're not telling us things. Like, I like the way that they're... I know, Lucy, you said you had a problem with it where you're like, oh, what, he's dead? <laughs> No, like, I am stupid. And I get that. <laughs> I don't know if you can no, blame no, the show or if it's no, me. Being no, 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 no. They are they are literally really making you sort of search for what's going on at times, and I quite like that. Um, and not just spoon feeding it to us, which I think is quite good. They're they're making you watch the show, you know, and yes, that's brilliant. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, the first two episodes, great stuff. Uh, I probably would have given them both a four. Um, respectively episode three dark uncle uh the show completely takes a different turn for me so this is like episodes one and two are kind of true they're getting the true crime people involved right yes they're, they're like oh this is this is true crime um and i've been watching it with my with my girlfriend and she loves ooh, true crime stuff ooh, and show ooh, off show off showing off isn't it? um and she loves true crime stuff uh, and then funny enough, as soon as we switched to this, this episode, she didn't like the show as much. She still likes it, but not in the same sort of way. It's turned into a kind of X-Files type dynamic now, which mm. I absolutely love, uh, which is Creature of the Week. You know, oh, let's hunt down this creature. We've got a sceptical detective and we've got a, uh, you know, someone who, who, you know, you've got these two different characters now with the Holly Gibney character getting involved. Um and I loved it again. I'm going to give it a four. And for anyone wondering what this scoring system is, it's called the Blueberry Scale. Uh, if you're a long-time listener, long-term fan, you'll know that it's very harsh and fair scale. It's a complex beast. Mm. Zero to five, you can have no halves. You can have zero, one, two, three, four, or five. Mm. It makes it quite tricky to fall down on something. I'm going to give this episode another four. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I like the shift into the supernatural. Um, and yeah, that's my thoughts, basically. Lovely stuff. Fair one. Thank you, Len. Um, actually, on that note of <clears throat> directors talking about Jason Bateman, uh, this particular episode is directed by Andrew Bernstein. Uh, he mm. also did a couple of episodes. Bernie, from Bernie the to his Umbrella mates. Umbrella Academy, yeah. Ozark, and uh, Castle Rock. Mm. Don't hold that against what if, him. Oh, though. Castle Rock, first yeah. season. And oh, okay. th- and this and this the show definitely this week feels more Castle Rock just because we have the introduction of the Holly Gibney character, who is a Stephen King character in multiple different things. I'm sure we can discuss that in King Corner. But we certainly can. It, 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 feels like, it, it feels like a Castle Rock sort of show now. That feels like a criticism. No, no. Yeah, I was going to say, don't insult it. Like a it season up. one Castle Rock. Well, 
Yeah, and it, and it feels like it's got that mystery to it, which season one had as well. So it, it does feel like that, um, but it's a HBO production, so obviously the production values are skyrocketed, and it mm-hmm. looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. Lucy, how about you? After our roller coaster last week. Yes. Um, I'm going to echo much of what Len said. I think the show is... It's true what you say about leaning in and, you know, thank you for not saying that I was an idiot and that it is difficult sometimes to follow. There were certain (laughs) moments when I proper had to listen, like I couldn't even quite hear what was being said. Um, And I think it is trying to draw you in and make you lean in and make you really wonder what's going on. And to begin with, when watching the show, this episode, I thought it wasn't really going anywhere, not much was happening. But then as it progressed, like so much happened really. And they're just building up the tension of these seemingly small events that on their own Mm. don't really mean anything, but you put them together and it's the sense of unease and the creepiness is just ratcheting up. Like Mm. we will go on to it, but um, the fingerprints or the fact that the, the prisoner that got murdered was working at the same place that, Terry's father um the old people's home mm-hmm. these little details that just start making you like give it a bit of a tingle at the back of your neck um mm-hmm. so overall I thought it was a really strong episode it, it kind of branched out quite a lot from the other two yeah. and I would give it also yeah. four very nice thank you Lucy you can definitely understand why they released episodes one and two together and then release this episode because the tone of the show definitely shifts quite a mm. lot um, and it's very similar to how the book goes. You know, the first two episodes, basically the first half of the novel itself. And it makes sense to have them close together because it all runs very, very quickly. And actually the second half of the book is um, almost a slower burn because things happen in a sort of more drawn out way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting seeing how they're deciding to adapt it to the screen because you haven't read it have you Glenn? nope i have not read it i i i was very tempted to get the audiobook uh i know you hate that emma but uh <laughs> no, i was very tempted just so I, was, I, I, I what you know yeah listen to it in the car gareth you know mm. i've got myself a new little car i might listen to it when i'm driving around again showing off yeah. girlfriend car. girlfriend well car. Done. things are on the up Look for len. lenny boys on the way up <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um but no, I haven't. I, I I resisted the temptation of reading it, and I think that's quite good for the show as well, and for the podcast that we're doing. That Emma, you've obviously read the book. Uh, Lucy, you haven't read it yet, have you? No. Um, no. And uh, it's good that there's some shownlies in here, obviously, to talk yeah. about it from a just TV <clears throat> world. Can I? Ask, no, I definitely can I just agree. ask a quick question? Quick question. I know this is breaking with protocol. Well, the, I was going to come to you for feedback next section. anyway, Gaz. Yeah. So yeah. Well, thanks. I, I will get to my my feedback, of course. But I just wanted to ask. Len and Lucy both being really quite positive about the show. And yet I noticed the absence of a, a perfect score, a perfect mm. five blueberry score. Yes. Is there is there anything in particular that is holding you back? Uh, I'm a hype man. And, it, you know, I've, over the Christmas break, you know, I've gone away. I've searched my soul. Uh, and Watchmen was an excellent television show. And I, I think I fairly gave that. And you did as well, Gareth, a lot of episodes of five because it is oh, yeah. an excellent, mm. excellent show. And if you haven't listened uh, to our podcast or watched The Watchmen, check it out. HBO's Watchmen. Brilliant stuff. Uh, podcast is called Watchmen Watchers. It's still live. It's still getting good uh, numbers listening because people are still discovering that show. So do check that out. Um, 
But I've taken uh, nice some, yeah, good. I've taken some time away and sort of thought twenty twenty this year. I'm going to be a bit more not harsh, but I'm going to. It's something's going to really have to wow me. Um, knock your socks, knock off. my socks off completely mm. to mm. give a five out. I do think this show has the potential to have a five blueberry episode. Num- episode yeah. one, I think, for the intrigue was so close for me. Uh, to giving it a five because it really got its little claws into my skin um, much like the outsider demon does to its victims mm. probably oh. but uh, I'm just holding back I think it will have a five in there um, I hope it does if it continues on this trajectory but at the moment everything's been extremely solid in the high four section yeah I think um, for me it's how I approach the blueberry scale and for me a five is basically perfection it's just mm. stunning yep. um, mm. Mm. without peer, without fault almost. Whereas these have been really solid, really good, really enjoyable. But I'm not wow, wow, wowed yet. I've not been, I've not had my uh, socks blown off, knocked off. My mm-hmm. socks are still on essentially. Um, <laughs> and that's that's why. But for me, a four is, is basically just really, really good. But five, it's yep. just yep. five. I Fair. agree. I think there is 100% of five at least one lurking in the series. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. guys, what about you? So, what do you what do you think? Give us so, give us your thoughts. I think um Lucy it's, it's a good point in terms of, you know, everybody approaches the blueberry system slightly differently. Mm. For me, because obviously um a major feature of it is there are no halves because half a blueberry is mental and mm. I've actually seen I've seen it in action people feeding Babies, half a blueberry. Mm. Yeah, they it's have to have fucking half. Fucking pointless, I tell you. Because it's not babies, even though, the babies, so. well, the, the babies aren't having just half a blueberry. But uh, I think for me, what I what I what I do is, if I sort of see something as being in between um, a couple of levels, a couple of scores, I, I work out like to what degree it's 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 sitting at like is it is it a 3.5 if it is then you know or above then it's going to be i'm going to i'm going to give that a 4 and i think for me if anything is is at the the 4.5 point you know theoretically it doesn't actually exist but if it was then it's going to be rounded up and for me i think episode 1 was outstanding like it it hooked me so much i i loved it i thought it was absolutely brilliant it wasn't a perfect episode of tv but it was it was fantastic, and for me, I, I'm I'm giving out all the blueberries for that. That's that was a really? five blueberry episode. Oh. Yeah, I was um, I was sort of astounded, to be honest, Emma, when you gave it you gave it three. But obviously, coming from a very different perspective, and totally yeah. totally get that. Um, and and I think if I I felt the same when I read the book, and if I hadn't if I didn't know the story, I think I'd have felt the same about episode one. Um, I and because I had so many expectations, I think it fell a little flat for me. But I can totally understand why people who don't know the story are hooked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 hooked is exactly the word. I thought it was thought it was it was brilliant. Um, I was also thinking, right, this is this is going to be a really good show for um me and my new wife uh, to Aww. watch together. Um, but too scary that for me. Has all changed. Well, it's changed a lot in episode three um, because she's not all about the supernatural things. Um, and there were hints of it in episode two, uh, which I also thought was a very good episode. And I was given that a four. Um, 
but the introduction of the Holly Gibney story is probably a push too far, and I and I think that for general viewers, um, this is that this is probably the point at which viewers are either going to go right, I am totally in, I'm all in on this, or they're going to go, mm, this show maybe isn't for me. Mm. Um, it's interesting. It's that, we, that's supernatural. I think we should talk not now, but at some point we should we should talk and we will do a bit more in depth about Holly Gibney because there are two different ways that you can look at it. Because actually, I think what Price is doing with her character is is basically displaying her as is on the autism spectrum. Um, yes. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think some people might look at it as being a big sort of kooky supernatural, and actually, it's just high intelligence. I think. Anyway, carry on, guys. Yeah. Yeah, true. Although, I mean, going into a room and and seeing the people that were walking around in that room months before does give you some hint, some element of supernatural and Mm. an invisible attacker getting um, Detective Jack. The the, the supernatural elements are ramping up. Um, For me, that's that's not an issue at all. And I'm I'm all in on this. Uh, Holly Gibney, I just thought was incredibly compelling. Um, I loved, I loved her, uh, loved her character, loved the actor. Um, some really chilling moments. There were some things that I didn't love that I'm sure we'll come to. Um, I won't discuss them now. I'm going to give this episode four blueberry. Um, yeah, four I, I'm, blueberry? I'm really enjoying this, really <laughs> enjoying this. Um, but yeah, four bloobs out of five for this one. I think this might be uh, one of the first Stephen King adaptations that we've all had a pretty solid consensus on it mm. being good uh which is mm. positive um i i love this episode i you know i agree with a lot of what's already been said len especially like the the way it was <coughs> shot and um some some of the scenes specifically were were really interesting um so for example like uh the scene with the four guys looking at them from outside of the window brilliant it was really dark it was gritty yeah. and yeah. like it was a it was a pretty complex episode in a lot of ways. Um, and I yeah. absolutely love the way that they've cast um, Holly Gibney. I, I think it's a really interesting uh, portrayal of the character. I, I think um, Cynthia Nervo, I kind of... Erivo. Erivo. Um, her, her portrayal of it is is stunning, uh, really good, and works really well with the other characters. Um, you know, and talking about blueberries, I think I said this last week that... I think there is a five bloob episode in this season. I just don't think this is it. Um, and I don't think this is it either. I think it, it, it nudges close to it, but I think there's going to be something for me personally, and especially coming from a book ground, a book ground, <laughs> a book background. Book ground. I'm not even drunk. I'm having a peppermint ground. tea. <laughs> I like book ground. Um, coming from a book Settle ground. Down, ladies. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think I'm there are certain things that if they do it right, maybe a five blue episode for me, but it's probably going to be make or break when they diverge from the, the book storyline itself. And that I think will be when it's either going to be a, you fucked it or a five blue. Um, so yeah, four bloops for me for this one. Um, excellent piece of television. I'm really enjoying it. Um, regardless of some diversions or fucking name changes. Let's not mm. even get on to that. I've got some notes about that later. Um, but uh, mm. I think it's almost time for us to to get into talking about the episode after that lovely interlude, catching up on our experiences of the season so far. Mm. Uh, but before we do, it's time for a little advert break. Hello. 
Thanks for tuning in. Uh, welcome to Castle Rock Critical. Uh, we are a uh, part of the fan critical podcast family and we cover loads of really cool things. If you like what you're listening to, then please do subscribe to Castle Rock Critical. Uh, rate us, leave us a review. We love them. Quite often read them out. Got a couple for this week as well. Uh, and we cover loads of other stuff across our main channel, Fan Critical. So we've recently done uh, the spectacular Watchmen uh, on HBO, which was a real fantastic piece. You can listen to the Three Minute Men talk through that. Uh, we've done a number of uh, retrospective reviews on Castle Rock Critical, looking at Stephen King adaptations. Recently, we've covered uh, the new Star Wars, which has certainly divided opinion. Mm. Uh, thank you. Love that little uh, little lightsaber there. Um, and we've got loads of really exciting oh, stuff no, coming butter, up butter. this year. <laughs> Was that Baby Jabba or very confused? It's Babu Frick. Oh, very bad. <laughs> um, Star Wars fans know what we're doing. If about. you really like what we're doing, then we also have a Patreon uh, where you can support us mm. with a couple of bucks a month to get some uh, unique content uh, and access to loads of things, depending on the yeah. tier of Blueberry that you choose. You can even commission a podcast. Mm. We did one at Christmas on uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, which was brilliant. Uh, and, uh, and a number of others, including The Train to Busan last year, which was certainly a good laugh. Yeah. Um, Love that film. Lucy, we've had some new Patreons, uh, not to mention those we Ooh. gathered over Christmas. We've got a couple more. of others to shout out. We have. We are collecting them. Um, so we've had two this week. No, last week. Gotta catch them since- all. <laughs> Patreon, yeah. Um, <laughs> since last episode, we've had two more. So we have welcomed Suze into the Patreon fold. Now, she is a senior Blueberry. Mm-hmm. So that means she gets even more benefits. So yeah. we will be having a chat with her very soon as part of the deal, the package deal. Yeah. Welcome, also, Suze. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. To also, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Timothy M. Sweet has also, I'm giving him his full name. Nice. Um, has also nice. signed up nice. to be a Patreon for us and he gave us a shout out on twitter thanks Timothy. and he said he's enjoying oh, the outsider nice. so so yeah. are we what a sweet so, guy yeah nice sweet timothy sweet um, guy. so yeah so if you would like to have a piece of that action get a shout out like that you know what to do yeah, yeah. let's go to yeah. patreon.com forward slash fan critical give us all of your money and we'll keep creating fantastic all content of all what of else? your money don't give us all of your money it's it's well, important to give us as much as you can afford yourself yeah all of your and spare what's cash good yeah and what's good about the Patreon is this year we because we started it last year obviously and it's it's it was in its early phases we kind mm. of understand the beast of Patreon uh, better now and what we're going to be doing is this year we're making a concerted effort to create a Patreon community which will yeah. enable people who are Patreons to not only talk to ourselves uh, via Discord but they can also talk to each other because exactly. I think that is essentially what we're trying to do is try and get the the fan critical listeners. Uh, talking to each other and have that sort of community feel about it because that that is something that we definitely are more keen on um, promoting this season. So if you join the Patreon... You can talk to like-minded indiv- individuals who love Stephen King or love Watchmen or love, uh, you know, Marvel movies, uh, and just have a discussion with them as well when we're not present in the in the in the fan critical uh, forums or something like that. So that's the most important thing I think we're focusing on with the Patreon in 2020. Yeah. So a lot of that's going to be happening through um, through our Discord server. Yeah. As well, um, and what it means is that. All of your wonderful discussions will be there for us to see as well. So yes. you can steal your ideas. Yeah. So um. leave all your ideas there. <laughs> yeah. Makes our note 
making easier. Much easier. And then I'll just do my usual claim it as my own. And mm. then Gav will go, oh, you've stolen that from someone. And then I'll say, nah, definitely my own idea. Uh, you've ruined yeah. the Patreon we'll community now. Wikipedia. Um, yeah, don't listen to those idiots. Soiled it, sullied we it. will have a fantastic new Patreon community uh, developing itself over the course of 2020, and we'd love for you to get involved. Uh, so do jump on, join us, give us what you can, us. and we Come will keep creating as much fantastic content as we possibly can. But for now, it's time to get back to our dark uncle. So, we open up this episode uh, with Eunice Sablo arriving at the uh, mysterious barn from last episode. The the GBI have mm. secured it. He goes inside, they have a little look around. It's what all does GBI rough. stand for? Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Damn straight, Georgia Lucy. Georgia Bureau of Investigations. Well Just done. Like uh, and then we get a bit of a close-up look at What the... does Eunice stand for? Because that can't be his real name. Eunice Carble, I don't know. Eunice Sabbath. Eunice, Eunice is a name. It's an African it's a, name. It's, yeah, a, it's name. a name. I'm just saying it's a it's a strange choice of a name. Mm. And <laughs> right. for a Eunice, Trump. he's he's quite cool. Well, I can't tell you. Mm. I can't tell you anything when you ask these questions because I know all of the answers. So it'll ruin everything. What for you know? You. Why he's called Eunice? Mm, that's the key to the whole. Yeah, plot. it's the key to the whole plot. And they've ruined it for everyone. Uh, <laughs> so we we get uh, and we thought we were out of. We'd escaped goo. But we get a bit of a close-up on the goo-covered clothing. How annoyed were you guys when you saw the goo? Were you like, oh, not goo again? Yeah. Not only that. Yeah, crap. crap That sock that was so so covered in goo, it snapped in half. How disgusting (laughs) was that? That is so, like, fucking teenage Many a teenage boy boy knows about (laughs) goo sock, I can say that. Just like an old, dirty (laughs) wank sock. Crispy sock. It's getting flashbacks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like the way Um, this opened, though. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. Uh, the barn setting looks, you know, we had the sort of drone shot approaching the barn. It's very true detective. Yes, very uh, true detective. Very true detective. Yes. Those sort of aerial shots in a desolated sort of area in a random barn just sitting there. Um, goo was disturbing for, you know, me personally. You know, my <laughs> hatred of the goo in you season two of Castle goo. Rock. Um, but... You know, we're just not getting any weird French settlers. So, you know, yep. it's okay. If we do get that, I'm out. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I'm done. Mm. Uh, so, but no, it was cool. <laughs> cool opening. Um, obviously, you see the belt buckle here. Yep. Uh, that, that, that that Terry put on in the strip club. So, um, that was all very good and uh, very intriguing. Yeah, no, I think so. And, and I think we, we didn't get a huge amount um in it but the little tidbits we did get were a nice setup to to start it off and then we segue straight mm-hmm. into um to ralph at, at the cemetery he's t- tidying up his son's gravestone yep. um and, and you know yep. he says and he says this very clearly and i wish i could tell you about everything that's happened in this last week which i thought was quite poignant um and I, you know if you guys have listened hopefully you have to the last two um yeah. podcasts mm-hmm. obviously in, in the um in the book he derek is not dead he's at camp um <laughs> Probably a fate worse than death. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What sort of camp? Is he at fat camp? Or is he, you know... I did not know where you were going with that. Yeah, I thought... That's dangerous ground. Um, Oh, God. God, no, no, no. I mean, no. Um, That's Uh, hilarious. He's at camp. No wonder they took a bit more of a dramatic... um, (laughs) ...license with the show. I don't know. I don't think it really makes a difference. In the book... In the book, it makes a massive difference. It makes a huge difference. In the book, can I ask you this? Is is he um, is Ralph like crying in his bedroom and stuff because he misses Derek? Yeah. While he's at is Ralph? No, if anything, actually, the murder of that child. He tells Derek he doesn't want him to son. come home from camp. 
Is he making a comparison between the murder and, <laughs> and Derek being Derek at camp? Being at camp. <laughs> I think Derek probably no, it is. makes a massive difference. He does say it, that. It he a, says, no, I mean, it, yeah. in the book, it doesn't make a difference to, to Ralph's drive. Yeah. Whereas, yes, I understand in the show mm. it makes a difference, obviously. But for me, I'm kind of like, oh. I don't think you needed to do this. Um, but I guess for TV, you kind of do. Um, I don't think he did. But well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to, but I get it. But then, yeah. so then a couple of grave diggers walk by having a bit of a giggle. Brilliant. Shouldn't they just be a bit more respectful of where they are? Yeah, a little bit. So Ralph decides he's going to go over and. They? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're well happy in a graveyard. Giggling. They're obviously well, going to be look, mourners You've got to have around. fun. That's that's not a good job, is it? That's a, that's a no, job where not, you've got to try and see the positive being side. someone that is visiting a grave, like, come on. I, I do. I mean, I think maybe if no yeah. one is around, you can giggle in a graveyard as a grave digger, but not maybe while you're walking past someone who's grieving Wielding a, a, a gravestone. Wielding just dug the, the grave of a loved one. Let me ask you, mate, because... Len, Len obviously thinks that it's fine for the grave diggers to be having a laugh whilst <laughs> at work, yeah. whilst getting the job done. So, um, so would you expect if you, heaven forbid, if oh, you had God. to visit like a funeral director and they were like, hey, how are you, buddy? Come on in, I'll show you what I got. I'd be drunk, so it'd be all right. Yeah. You know, Two for one coffins today. Yeah. We've already had yeah. one of them. Yeah. Very good point. Don't talk to them, they're wooden. <laughs> oh, good God. It's Here not we even go. a joke, really. Um, so after the grave diggers walk by, Ralph walks over to basically the Peterson Row, uh, where yeah. there's one one grave still not filled yet, uh, which I assume is mm. probably for the Peterson father. Um, and and, the, and yeah. Ralph looks at the graves, and I thought this mm. was pretty heart-wrenching, actually. Mm. Um, and and Mendelssohn plays this really well. It's just depressing, isn't it? Like, like last week is just, just it's just depressing. Like this whole family has just been wiped out. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you mentioned it's like you know the hanging of the father was like uh, Brooks in Shawshank, which is totally totally on the money. Um, I think it's just this creature, whatever it is, um, feeds on the despair of like wiping out a whole family or something like and also mm. tying up loose ends like it Maybe. seems to be very not not just not just ta- you know targeting terry maitland here it is cleaning up loose ends it is manipulating people to do its bidding um and i'll get on to that later on with more of jack but it's definitely a trope of like with discovering you know with these other kill killings that happened in fucking dayton uh, we're discovering how it it basically cleans up after itself, essentially. It well, commits a massive crime and then cleans up after itself. I can neither confirm nor deny, but I do believe you are you're yes, reading ahead of yourself yes. here, Len. Sorry, uh, Sorry. a little. Uh, no, no, not in terms of plot. I mean, in terms of what everything means. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how it mm-hmm. plays out. Um, oh yeah, yeah, interesting. I, again, I'm excited. I can tell you nothing, which is the. Major challenge Good. of hosting this podcast. Um, so then we move along yeah. from the graveyard to probably just a, as depressing a place. Uh, we go to uh, to the police station. Uh, Tamika, who's just had a oh, baby. I thought, going to strip I, club. Was... I'll go, I thought we were going to strip club. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, going, it gets worse, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's come, she comes back. Um, Tamika, who's just had a baby, she's picking some stuff up. Uh, drunk, irritating, miserable Jack is there. He's got to go out to the barn. He's having a bit of a bit of a moan. Yeah. Um, what th- the fuck? Uh, uh, c- c- what was this about? 
can can I just I've got a thought here. Yeah. How's he going from the strip club and he's like, Oh, Sarge has asked whatever he says, has asked me to go down to the barn and be like a liaison or something like that. He turns up at the fucking barn, no one's there. I was like, what is this guy doing? What is he doing? What he doesn't yeah. care about his job. He always and goes to the strip club. He hasn't been up. He's a fucking idiot. I mean, we we could take a but quick has, a quick pause, I suppose, or a quick jump in time. Um, now I don't know if you noticed this, but do you know the name of the strip club? It's a good name. Oh, Peach um, Crease. Titties galore. Now I'm just making it up. Peach Crease. <laughs> um, Peach Crease. Peach nice. yeah. Georgia. Nice peaches. Yeah. Bombs. Brilliant. It all, it I thought bum, bum was more appropriate. In um, oh, that, bum no, crease. It all works. That's very good. In, yeah, bum yeah. crease. Bum crease. You want it to be called bum crease. Well, <laughs> no, I prefer I'm not going to that strip club. Uh, tidbit for you. In the book, it's called Gentleman, Please. I prefer peach crease. So, tidbit. Gen- gentleman, Please. I mean, that's shit. <laughs> peach pe- crease is awful. Peach I like peach crease. I like peach crease. No. And now I'm going to start saying peach crease from now on when I'm referring to butt crack. Next, uh, so I'm going to start saying "gentlemen, please" when I'm referring to butt crack. <laughs> Thank you, Gareth. It's Ooh, very nice polite of you. Please. <laughs> oh God, it's getting worse, isn't it? Uh, but, but I mean, you're right. It's a great, it's a great question. What the fuck is Jack doing? Um, he's an idiot, and and this is something that really does translate well from page to screen. Uh, that he's, he's creepy though. He's gone to the Cre- state. Yeah, creepy. he is. Creepy. Yeah. He goes to the station. I mean, let, let's hold off on when he gets to the barn for a bit later because I think it, it kind of leads well through um, the the structure itself. But like, he goes to the station. He's like, oh, I've got to get to the barn. Everyone will be gone. And then he goes and has a couple of lap dances and gets yeah. shit faced. That's not going to help, is and it? And then drives yeah. off. Mm. Now, uh, and I then, don't know what's going yeah. through his head. Oh, Take his ludicrous. gun and his badge. Absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, and he's a tosser. Yeah, and he's a tosser. But when he gets to the barn, is is good uh, in terms of. A horror uh, element of the show. Yeah, very yeah, creepy. For sure. That moment where you get that flash frame of that figure just standing mm. in the doorway, that is very Blair Witch, very sort of like... It's brilliant. Standard standard horror trope thing. Um, it and it makes people recoil in fear. Uh, and it had me not doing so because I'm a horror expert, but my girlfriend was very scared. So I jumped. As you go. And, and I'm sure Gareth was as well. I don't get scared of nothing. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely shat myself. I knew this was going to happen, um, and I knew this whole scene was going to happen, and I jumped. Yeah, and it was, it, you know, you know, it's coming. It but was it's shot still... so well, and then when he's standing there and he can't see anything, you can feel someone behind him. You could see though, like an outline, like an absence mm. of light. Just and that that actually creeped me out more. That's a great description. That absence mm. of light is really interesting. Now, black hole. Um, I cannot answer this question, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, something happens to the back of Jack's neck. What do you all think it is, and what does it mean? Bugs again. Bugs are back. I would say it's not bugs. I didn't bugs like this. And goo. No, no? I kind of like it. I mean, <clears throat> I think this is—is yeah. is this the way that the the creature? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm hypothetical. You know, this is a hypothetical guess. Hypothesizing. Hypothesizing. Is this the way that the creature, you know, clones its individuals? Like we know that Maitland got a cut on his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think it needs DNA. Yeah. I think it needs DNA, but then it also might need, and this is just the thing that I'm thinking, it might need permission. Um, because it says I'll do it later on he says I'll do what you want but also this is my theory that's Stephen, very Stephen King uh, sort of thing say he's not doppelganging Jack here which I think he isn't yeah, I think agreed. this is manipulation Stephen King's favourite trope of bully possession which is this idea that he takes 
one of the you know shitty characters that you sort of hate and then possesses them to or the creature always possesses them to do its bidding yeah. the things that it cannot do yeah. so it you've got a prime example sure um you know it, it's or perhaps this sort even of, that's Billy where and I stranger think things yeah. yeah exactly it's that trope it's that trope that's what i think they're going for here i i think i think i agree i i don't think this is the same as what happened to um, terry to terry because RIP. um you know terry for one is totally baffled about everything that's happened he has absolutely no idea yeah, like at no point does he go it. okay i know this sounds fucking mental there but was this thing that made thing me do that, stuff yeah attacked yeah. my neck it so it, it's not it's not the same as what happened with terry he does he, i think it's pretty clear that he or it it needs Ooh, some careful yeah could be a could be a girl um, no i just think it's could not be pennywise could be oh oh, oh. <laughs> you can't be saying stuff yeah. like that although it's a very similar sort of creature killing kids da, 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 da. the um, outsider yeah. maybe we'll call it um obviously needs something but i don't think that's what it's doing with jack i i didn't i didn't love this bit like just attacking his neck and him Going, ow, ow, <laughs> hey, quit it, stop that, <laughs> quit it. Like, it's it's a less clunky know. scene in the in the book. I mean, guys, I'm going to ask you a question on that actually. So you talk, you guys are talking about there being a creature, and you know, it's this and that. When what was it that made you realise that that or to think or assume that there was something supernatural happening here that was a being, either kind of doubling itself or taking people over? The moment, the first moment for me. Um, well, a it's Stephen King, um, Stephen King book, so I assumed that there was something. But the moment that the very first moment that I saw the deformed face, um, the hooded figure standing in the crowd, I was like, right, that's it, that's what done it. Um, okay, and that was episode one. And um, we didn't like that necessarily. Me and Gaz talked about this off, yeah. off the microphone that we felt that the first two episodes they didn't need to do that. No, they they, they could have just literally kept it true crime. Um, with these weird, unexplainable events and not shown this hooded figure. I felt that was a bit cheap and I felt that was the cheapest part of those two episodes Can I say to keep well, showing him. Can I say, if they hadn't done that, imagine the creepiness that would have come when From with Jess's, Jess's description of yeah. the, the figure. Yeah, it would have been it, That would have been like, oh yeah, his face is blurry. That sounds fucking terrifying coming from little kids mm. and mm. the things that you imagine that, that she might have seen are just so terrifying yeah. whereas now we know that it's like well, it's a, it it looks like somebody who's deformed it's yeah. a good point actually because it is um you know and i talked about like the descriptions of the man in jess's dreams in the last episode but um in the book you don't really get details about what's been seen or what might have been there until a little bit later on it's done in a slightly different way um and actually you're right that hadn't occurred to me last week it's interesting um yeah very interesting so in the interim obviously we've got jack being a dick um getting poked by some weird bloke in a barn um <laughs> uh, two other things happen in between these things uh ralph's going over his files uh having a look at like where terry's father was checking out his record and genie his wife obviously says you, you realize you are on leave right you know make the most of being on paid leave mm. and the other thing that we see is a prison bus arriving uh, at a prison shock mm. horror and a new inmate fresh fish. yeah mm. some fresh fish being taken to his cell um and a, that man glancing briefly at another prisoner thoughts lucy um 
Well, it's hard to remember how I felt before I saw more of this man. Mm-hmm. So I just think I thought, who wonders who that is? Mm. What's his What's his story? <laughs> he looks scared. Who it's is a bit of an this odd segue, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> Um, obviously yes. now I have many show, thoughts on yeah. this man but I don't want to talk about them ahead mm. of time yeah a bit jarring at that point though it, wasn't it it was jarring yeah and I, I thought so I, it, it's so weird that we're in episode 3 and this is what I mean about the editing and the way the show's structured actually I do like it mm. but it's just jarring because it's like we're in episode 3 and you get introduced to fucking new characters out of nowhere in a yeah. miniseries you're just like what, Holly Gibney out of nowhere and then you're also just like well, who the fuck are these guys in the prison I literally turned at one point and was like do we know these people I was like <laughs> have I missed something yeah. I, w- I was yeah. pretty confused there to be you fair go. you're all welcome um, to my world I've just it been was confused. because this is <laughs> spoiler warning for King Corner this is uh, different this is we're starting to move away from the, the core plot of the source material so for me I was a bit like what the well, fuck well good like, this good is quite because a- if the source material involves more people at camp what was this instead are they just at camp like having you know what's actually, going so on it turns out that, Get away from that Terry Maitland did do it because he was so traumatised by his experience at camp bloody camp yeah bloody fair enough. camp that makes um, sense so we, we've had a bit of a weird was first the camp day camp built on an Indian burial ground sorry <laughs> yeah, was obviously. the camp built on an Indian burial they ground all that? Yeah, okay, obviously good. in America yeah. uh, so weird first day second day Eunice, Sablo and Ralph sit down at a diner and they go through some uh, some photos and information about the uh, the stuff in the barn so we see the buckle mm. uh, we got some fingerprints mm-hmm. and uh, and, and goose sperm that's mm-hmm. Eunice's catchphrase now here's the thing. Says it three times. <laughs> I thought you were going to interrupt me with something, and I was like, "What the f- shut up!" Uh, <laughs> so there's a discrepancy on the fingerprints, which all becomes a little bit odd. So there are two prints or two sets of prints that are the same prints: one solid and youthful, the other as if they were that of an eighty or ninety year old man. Yeah. Um, so, so weird. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that fingerprints deteriorate. Me like that, neither. Like, um, I suppose yeah. you just deteriorate, but, don't you? Yeah, Gaz, you're deteriorating. Well, yeah, me personally. Yeah, well, actually, from the age of about 20, apparently do pretty much start deteriorating. But the interesting thing is, if we have any forensic uh, you know, forensic people out there, listeners, who are in the forensic industry... Yes, forensic people, know. please contact I'm f- us. I'm fa- yeah, mm. I'm fascinated by this sort of stuff. So um, please do let us know. Do our fingerprints get worse? Um, well, I anything else that they do. you know about goo or anything let us know gooey yeah. socks let us know what no. could it be does old semen make socks. socks snap in half yeah teenage Can boys confirm. listen on <laughs> it was very very creepy um, moment but I found this is one of the scenes where I found it very hard to hear what was going on maybe I'm just going deaf but um, <laughs> Eunice, is very, like Eunice is very Eunice is very softly spoken and Ralph is got a very low voice so it was quite like Lucy kept saying this you kept saying this so it's last just week, not and I was cracking up. Range. I was like, "What? What are you watching the show on? Like, what? <laughs> you know, you, you put can the subtitle, turn the volume up. Put the subtitles on, mate. I did. <laughs> turn, yeah, that's what I should have done. I did have the volume up. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like they're speaking at a certain register that my old ears now just can't like listen to. Well, no, it's like I said to you earlier. As, as like we know, whole... you have been deteriorating since <laughs> yeah. twenty. Your ears so, deteriorate. Yeah. That whole last season of Game of Thrones, I couldn't see a fucking thing because it was too dark, and now yeah. you can't hear, so it's fine. But I got the gist of it, and it, it is that again, like spine tingly, where you're like, what? What is this? What? What does this mean? Yeah. And it all—if you add it all to with everything else, it becomes very, very unnerving. It, and unnerving is a good word for it because it is just sort of it kind of makes you 
just feel uncomfortable and in a, an unknown zone, doesn't it? Mm. And it's can, very can interesting. Can I give a, a bit of a niche reference here? Um, of course. This scene reminded me um, massively of. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen Mulholland Drive? Yeah. Um, Lynch. Amazing movie. David Lynch, like just weird, like fucking weird, yeah. nightmarish movie. And there's a scene where um, it, it's in set in a wink, the Winkies diner, <laughs> and it's just a conversation between some guy and this other guy who's telling him about a, a dream that he had. And it's just this conversation and they're in a diner and it's like busy. There's loads of people around, but it just feels like the creepiest, mm. most unnerving, unsettling scene. And mm. it, I got similar vibes from this. They're in this diner. It's full of people. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be an unnerving setting, but just the, the, the content of what they're yeah. talking about just creeps the you. The impossibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it's also like the way the show is, is is handling these scenes and the way it's edited is fantastic because it the score is constant, like so the score is just this string, yeah, these different notes on a on a fucking viola or something, and it's just this you know that sort of scary horror string that's just constantly there, it's just constantly there. It's very few moments in the show where it's quiet, where there's no audio, no sort of score. And the camera just usually stays in one position and sort of tracks in, like you said about the investigators in the room and you're seeing it from outside the window, the diner, the two shot where the camera just slowly moves in. That Mm. combined with these strings and the content that they're talking about, which doesn't make sense to our brains, makes it scary. Uh, And that's just brilliantly put together that is making us feel this way. So hats off to the, uh, the technical aspects of the show as well. Yeah, and actually speaking of that, but you know, after this, Ralph suggests that they should get Howie and, and Alec in on the in on the sitch. And um and, and this is something that I mentioned in our kind of first uh kind of overall thoughts about how it's shot from outside the room, which is kind of floor to ceiling glass windows, and the four of them, Ralph, Eunice, Howie and Alec, are all having a conversation about, you know, how they get to the bottom of what's happened. Um, you know, Ralph's talking about trying to get justice for Terry and Frankie and the mother and, you know, all of this. Um, and they're going kind of back and forth. And this is where kind of Alex says, uh, our, uh, our investigator, our PI, someone needs to retrace mm-hmm. Terry's steps because we need to know what happened in Dayton. And this is where Holly Gibney is suggested. I really like this whole scene. Um, and it it's flows really well, shot. really well shot. And it was very different. And I really like that. It was almost like, you know, like looking into a doll's house kind of thing. Um, and then we go straight mm-hmm. into that introduction to Holly. Now, mm-hmm. she's sitting in her apartment. She's identifying niche cars when they go by, going by their engine sounds. And she gets a call from Alec. <clears throat> and he asks her to retrace um, Terry's movements, get involved in this case. She's like, I refuse to fly. I'm afraid of flying. I want to meet with Ralph. Uh, then she goes downstairs to the bar below her apartment. Love that. If I could live there, I'd be in heaven. And I would do exactly this. I'd walk in and go, oi, mate, that's my seat. Um, So you immediately get um, the feeling that she's very particular. Uh, She's very specific. uh, You know, and it is that kind of, you know, it's it's almost like compulsive need for order. Um, Gaz, what did you think about our introduction to Holly Gibney? Oh, yeah, I was was, was hooked immediately. I just sort of thought, I want to keep seeing her on the screen. I, I, I want. I didn't want to leave. It was, she's um, fascinating. 
Um, and yeah, you, I got the sense straight away that she was sort of ASD um, or, or on the autism spectrum. And I, th- I think that's what they're going for. It, can I ask you, is that, is that is that the vibe in the book? More so than anything else, yeah. Um, in, in the book, she's almost, I'd say she's more OCD. Um, yeah, right. And actually, what, what's interesting, so uh, Price, when he was doing the the, the, the writing for this, uh, he, because obviously, um, and we'll talk about more King Corner, this is not the first iteration of Holly Gibney, uh, he he spoke to Stephen King about it, and uh, and he's he's been quite outspoken. Price has that this is a version of Holly Gibney that is completely new and completely his. So it's not based on the version hmm. in Mister Mercedes. It's not based on the version in the books. And Stephen King said, "You can do whatever you like with the character, but do not change her name." So she is very different, yeah, and, okay. and actually, you still maybe that's why I feel like she is less supernatural spooky and it's more just she has got some real uh, like compulsive do processes know, do you know who um she actually sort of reminds me a little bit this is it might be a weird shout but she's almost sherlock holmesian yeah yes. like sort of yeah in how how incredibly gifted she is but the, also struggles the bbc with iteration the, of sherlock holmes well yeah Verdicts. but 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 even 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 Sherlock Holmes yeah. himself. Yeah. Um, the literary version of Sherlock Holmes is very much like that. The actual original Conan Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. Struggles with social interaction, mm-hmm. um, but is is amazingly gifted. Can't get work in like as a as a because obviously she'd be an amazing detective, but probably I don't know. Wouldn't imagine if she turned rules. up for an interview. Yeah. Like, Not mainstream like, enough. Fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think this is beautiful. Uh, you know, I've not seen the other version of Holly Gibney on the screen, um, but I adored her in the book. I thought she was brilliant. And I think this is a great way to introduce her. I I, uh, I think she's pretty cool. Yeah, she, she had a very strong presence. Um, she's in very in control. Very, like you said, meticulous. But there's mm. a sense that she's not she's in the control of everything that she's doing um the actress cynthia erivo is actually an incredibly gifted broadway actress that she is she is a fantastic mm. singer mm. as she's well as being a great actress also just been nominated for an oh, cool. oscar for harriet about harriet tubman has yep. she not and she's english so she's one of us get in Oh, one right. of our own. She's one of our own. <laughs> right, Brexit, settle down. <laughs> so, so after Alec agrees that she doesn't have to fly, we have a brief segue in in the show to Ralph and a therapy session, which has a couple of flashbacks about his anger, and then we get to when Alec and Ralph meet with Holly at the bar. Um, mm-hmm. Holly's piecing together like dates and stats of a game that Alex saw as a kid just going by the date she talks about like you know yeah. I could tell you the, what day May the 1st will fall on in 300 years time but I couldn't tell you what day mm-hmm. it is today again it's very you know Spectrum-esque isn't it a bit Rain Man but yeah, yeah. well very Rain Man yeah which is, which is the point and so Ralph gives her all of the information about Terry's trip to Dayton you know what he needs to know and uh you know they talk a bit of business and um and kind of get through there but she has this real i think meticulous is the word but also quite abrupt manner which i really warmed to which is almost quite jarring Mm. with with the way she is and actually i think and i don't know what you guys think but i felt like ralph's uh reaction to holly uh, was quite similar i think to mine and that they have the potential to have some really good chemistry i mean lem what did you think about this meeting small Smolder and Scully, 
it's uh it's the yeah, one nice. that, you know that is the the sort of dynamic i said mentioned x-files earlier with the creature thing but it's definitely the dynamic that i think we're going to get with with ralph and holly um but you know Mulder scully reversed as it were he has no time for the unexplainable and she believes that she herself is unexplainable so she is constantly looking at the ifs the what ifs yeah um so i'm very much looking forward to seeing their relationship um grow over the coming episodes and also i know skipping ahead but that that very cute phone call where she calls him later on and says i just needed to talk to someone on my side yeah uh that shows that she can form these emotional bonds with people so her condition is actually quite unexplainable because you know she is able to form these these connections and she that says you wouldn't this... necessarily associate with with that sort of disorder that we're being portrayed it with here so i find her character fascinating and i'm really looking forward to um to seeing ralph and her as like a duo yeah. you know going yeah. out in the field and, yeah, and, and trying to solve bio. this case i mean there's a great there's a couple of great lines in this this whole sort of set scenes where you know first of it she says to ralph if you have no tolerance for the unexplainable then you'll have no tolerance mm. you'll have no time mm-hmm. for me which i think is great but the thing i loved so much about it is when she walks um, if she walk when she walks out and leaves, she kind of turns back, goes back to Ralph and says, "I know you don't like to drink that much, but thank you for doing it for me." And that's yeah, when you cute. kind of get that it's feeling. Cute. It is cute, and it and it is kind of it's mutual respect there. So yeah, she can recognise what he's done yeah. for her, and so that makes her respect him. Yeah, and and I really like that. Yeah. Um, I think I mean, Gaz, what what do you think the the Ralph Holly? relationship is gonna be like well you can see that ralph's like obviously he's he's a he's a straight down the line kind of um typical gruff policeman although he has a lisp which um gives him a bit of a a different edge um uh, and you imagine that he is quite skeptical as he says he's got no tolerance for the unexplainable um but she's gonna she's gonna open him up to this kind of spiritual side, isn't isn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she'll be the the gateway for him, the gateway drug for him to believe in all sorts of spooky stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this all develops and how Price decides mm. to develop it. From from my perspective, from my my book ground, which I'm now going to just take on <laughs> as a word. Um, yeah, I, I I thought this was beautifully done as well. I think Holly Gibney is a is a character that you have to be quite careful with because she's very popular both in book form and in her other iteration on TV. And and I think it would be very easy to either just copy that other um, kind of screen iteration or. Uh, mm really screw it up so I, I think I, so far I think they've done a fantastic job so in amongst this we get some clips from the prison so that prisoner we saw earlier gets a letter uh, naming him child killer there's a bloody child's face on it it looks like it's been drawn by a child as well yeah which is interesting yeah he carries on sharpening <laughs> the lens of his glasses did not do well at all um, <laughs> fucking creepy that bloke that came into the prison before and this is this, this reminded is me of Eleven and Stranger Things with the weird bug thing he's like making a hole in his leg oh, to pull out like a sharpened razor knife Blah. something out of his yeah. leg a shiv shivvy 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 shiv I, I very mean very inventive 
I mean, it is very inventive. Needs must when you've got a child killer to but kill. But I don't know that it's very realistic. Oh, I, you'd um, be surprised what these people can smuggle into prisons. But it's fucking rank. Yes, I, correct. I reckon that's 100% been done before. Yeah. 100 well, I suppose if it's plastic, when it's, it's healed up enough. <laughs> fucking, oh, the way he was it, digging his finger around. Oh, hot, hot. Fucking rank. Right. Can we move on from child killers to the most annoying child of this entire fucking series? Yes, we can. Oh, really? Yeah, annoying. I just... Are you going to be talking about Glory's kids? Yeah. Um. So, oh, really? Jessa... She annoys me because her name is Jessa, for a start. Which just gets on my nerves. Anyway... Jess, yeah, Jess has had name, a nightmare yeah. again. Yeah, see, not a name. Uh, Jess has had a nightmare again. She wakes her mother up. She goes, you've got to call that detective with the sad face. You heard daddy. <laughs> the one good, who heard good. daddy. Yeah. Shut up, Jessa. Um, and uh, and, and she, so Glory's like, well, why? Why? Why do I have to? What do you mean? Why can't you tell me? And she said, well, I've, the man told me that I've got to tell Ralph. I'm not, I can't tell you what. So Ralph comes around to the Maitland house uh, with Jeannie, his wife, who I love. I think she's brilliant. She has a kind mm-hmm. face. She yeah, does. She's good. She, I think she she's good. Fantastic. She's a good detective's wife because they're a lot of the time they're glamorous and just a bit, I don't know, sort of superfluous. But I think she's got a real good grounding. Yeah, and I like her. She's a got lot. A purpose. She's got a purpose. Yeah. And and what's that test called? Um, Bloody Bechdel hell. test. Bechdel test. Yeah. The Bechdel test. The show passed. Uh, they had a conversation not about a man. Um, uh, they had a conversation about I don't know the, the, the about grief and all this sort and of stuff. And they were both named characters. I've, so yes, there you go. Test passed. Yeah, passed. Passed. Great that was, scene. That was a that was a great scene. Like the yeah. use of um, silence was so good. It made it made it so real, didn't it? Um, and, and talking about creepiness, I mean, let's just talk about that scene. I guess that is fucking creepy. Like, yeah, mm. I creepy kids just fucking. You know, I know Emma. You don't like the creepy kids. No, um, definitely not. They That's why I'm avoiding talking about it. <laughs> and uh, just that whole scene, that whole moment with Ralph, um, and just her saying what this thing in her room yeah. and the way she describes him like you know like daddy but messy yeah and then, oh my god that's yeah. terrifying, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> do you mean messy <laughs> so I was like, creepy oh. and she, yeah. so she talks about like does she say oh. she's seen him four times the first time he looked like daddy yeah the second time his face was yeah. blurry like someone had tried to erase it mm. and then the next time he yeah. wasn't blurry yeah, he had up. muscles and then she doesn't talk about the fourth yeah. time which he, he looked so inky. God knows what he looked. It's so terrifying, he looked inky. anyway. Like, yeah, inky. Squidman. Honestly, I'm imagining like d- this is this is what annoys me though about them showing showing hooded hooded man. figure because I'm like right okay yeah so that's what she means by by messy. I would love to not know what she means by messy and have or blurry or blurry and have these weird things. Like I I can imagine sort of like. You know, like a black scribble or something, like yeah. just sort of moving. Like uh, it, there are some terrifying images in my head, but I know that that's not what she saw. Yeah, yeah, never show the monster. To, never, never show the monster. If I if I remember rightly, in the book, and I haven't included this in King Corner because I wasn't one hundred percent sure, and I've not got the copy anymore. Um, but if I remember rightly, these two storylines don't intersect. So you don't really see the hooded guy the Shashen. way you see it in the show, and Ralph doesn't know mm. about Jess's 
dreams of the man you just hear her description so you hear a child's description now i think it's brilliant as a reader because it means that you Mm. um or exactly as you were saying you're imagining it and it's not being given to you i mean you know she talks about his face being messy and smudgy and he had straws for eyes and i spent days imagining what that looked like Mm. Yeah, exactly. Straws for eyes. Sounds like midsummer. Um, it sounds like fucking what? midsummer or um, or in the tall grass, that which is actually l- terrible. But actually, makes yeah. the hair stand up. What I thought I was really good about this, actually, um, you know, apart from being terrified by a child with creepy dreams and never being able to sleep again, uh, was the conversation. And you mentioned it earlier, the conversation, but also the interaction between Jeannie and Glory. I think, you know, yeah. I, but what comes from behind that, you know, talking about that Derek used to have nightmares um, and actually telling them that... Before he went to camp. Before he went to, <laughs> camp. He went to camp and died. About going yeah. to camp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was having nightmares about camp um, and telling them, like telling him they were just dreams just made it worse and trying to explain mm. that Ralph is, the reason that Ralph is, is, is talking to her like it's real is because that's what he did for Derek and that made it better. Um, and I, and I, that's the one thing I like about that change of the storyline is how it impacts the relationship with Ralph and the Maitland family. I think it's really interesting. Um, and, and I think the two of them are really great together. Holly goes to uh, Dayton to do her investigations. Uh, you know, she recreates in her mind what happened in that hotel room, you know, the mundanity of just mm. running around, getting things sorted. She goes to the parking lot, surveillance cameras there, but it actually... Um, you've not got uh, any footage left, which is a shame. She meets the head of like mall security, and I read someone earlier he saying that her. he definitely fancies her. Um, mm-hmm. And she tells him that she's a PI. They exchange business cards. I read uh, someone online said they thought he looked a lot like um, Jason Bateman, and I was like, I did not see that at all. No, he looked like someone. I think he's mm. been in something. But yeah, he looked familiar. Him. He had one of those familiar faces. Why did he stop? mid-conversation to tell those people not to park there. <laughs> Just yeah, that, made, that made Ma'am, me think that park he over there for me? And, like kidnap her or something. There's something about it. I was like, oh, he's, there's something off about yeah. him. Yeah. I think he Maybe was he showing off it. his authority. You can't yeah. park there, ma'am. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I thought it was interesting, but obviously it's another bit of another dead end. Uh, there's no... There's no information. He doesn't know anything about it. Um, and she's not getting anywhere. Mm. We have a, a brief interlude... Uh, of Jack at the peach crease. Hmm. Uh, his neck is fucked. Mm. Yeah. Like, this is he messed, messed up. What's it called? Jungle remedy on his back. Yeah. Should have done a little bit of saffron, something like that. Um, and, and this is, where he, this is where he buckles and says, I'll do what you want. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, he said, I'll, so I'll do anything to make the pain stop. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And I think this is where it, and I'll talk a bit about this in King Corner, but where it becomes quite clear that there's something other than he's just been stung in the back of the neck um (laughs) (laughs) a couple of never never thought there was a bee sting involved oh no but you know what you know what i mean like kind of sound like a fucking taser doesn't it um i'll get you i am a bit bored of seeing (laughs) jack at the strip club i know it's a bit i'd like him to go somewhere else like to work maybe yeah does he ever go to work Via the stretch no. club, yeah. He was in the office earlier. He was at the barn. He said, all right, oh. I'm going to go to a barn and <laughs> check out the bee situation. <laughs> We've got an infestation of bees or wasps. Get the exterminator down here. <laughs> Not get the police in. 
Yeah. Uh, so back to the Maitlands. Turns out Jessa, she's fine now. So everything's cool now. She's passed on her message. And then Glory tells the story um, about when uh, her youngest saw a horror movie, her oldest even, Maya, saw a horror movie called Leprechauns. Um, Leprechaun. Mm, yeah, oh, it is a terrible film. So It is a terrible film. Um, and uh, and then we get this really emotional part where Glory kind of bursts into tears talking about how a how wonderful how how wonderful a man he was um and and she seems to have kind of connected with genie here and says you know how do you live with it how do you live with you know and this could be either way it could be how do you live with the fact that you lost derek or how do you live with the fact that your husband killed my husband um and genie turns around and says it's impossible and i, I you know this is the second quite powerful conversation between these two women in this episode which mm. i think really stands testament to, to the great writing. It's the first time we see Glory really act like... I mean, grief takes people in different directions and everyone reacts differently. Mm. Um, but for me, and we said this last week, she's just seemed a bit pissed off, like, meh, like a bit miffed. She hasn't seen... And I assume she's holding it together for the uh, for the children, but this is when you really see um, the grief. And you know who she actually reminds me of a bit? Lena Headey. She's got a bit of a... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So a little, right. yeah, just a little vibe of her. That's um, interesting. Maybe that's that sort of steely resolve that she's got. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was a really great scene, and um, yeah, I'm loving Jeannie. Yeah, Give Jeannie, more screen time, more Jeannie on screeny. Uh, so then we go back to Holly again. She's at the um, like senior living care centre, uh, trying to get some information about or talk to Peter Maitland, so Terry's dad. Uh, he's gone really downhill. Then the woman on reception thinks she's a reporter. It all gets a bit kind of shit showish. I mean, Gaz, Len, what did you guys think of, of this scene, her attempt at an investigation and, and kind of being pushed back? It's a pretty weak effort, wasn't it? Um, this is where she doesn't do well. This yeah. is where she doesn't do well in these interactions. Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, it's all just very creepy, though, isn't it? When she starts talking about, I told the other detectives this. I was like, what yeah. the fuck's going on here? Mm. And it then good. it, you know, this is where she calls Ralph afterwards and said, "I just wanted to talk to someone on my side." So mm. she needs that reassurance. She needs that uh, support to know that what she's doing is right, um, like hassling these people. And then it ties into the the, the prison scene. Finally, makes sense. Um, well, yeah. So next we find up, out, we, we, we see yeah. her checking that kind of newspaper article and finds the information about the two missing sisters. Um and the the mm, photograph yeah. of the killer, two kids again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then the uh, the guy in the prison, it, right right back around to the beginning, uh, has his throat cut. Well, he cuts his own by throat. himself, which is fucking creepy as well. Like the moment he stands up and sort of says, "You don't get to do this," and yeah, then cuts this is his in own my throat. Hands. I mean, mm. yeah, presumably think he's gonna attack the other guy, but um. Sadly, he doesn't because mm. I'm presuming this is another outsider situation, yeah. another Terry Maitland situation. Yeah, yeah. and he passed um, it on to him. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so they they worked. So when Terry visited his dad, this guy was, you know, under the doppelganger thing going on, and then it's looked for a new victim, and it's chosen Terry just because it's of circumstance, essentially. Well, you and- remember as well that um, uh, Terry's daughter. 
um, was it Mayor? Um, said that you know Terry got that cut, cut. when they were in Dayton yeah. Yeah. because he bumped into the the nurse that the was nurse. a man. The nurse was a man, exactly. That's, You're all doing very well, other, guys. I'm very proud of you all. Right. Putting the pieces together. And, and the other thing is, this guy who's in the prison and had the shiv. This is essentially the storyline that I think that uh, Jack, the drunk police officer, is going to take because it feels to mm. me like this guy has been manipulated by the outsider as well. This guy who's gone into prison specifically to kill this tie up the loose end yeah Yeah, like you know this outsider character clearly is manipulating people like it it, you you know grief might have manipulated the the son of the of the of the mother who had a heart attack and his murdered brother to do the killing or it was the hooded outsider guy and the same thing here with jack and the same thing with the guy in the prison it seems that he uses people to tie up the loose ends and that's what i'm thinking is going on here Mayhaps. Very, very no comments, interesting. Emma. No comments. Um, but you're uh, you are all postulating some very interesting things, and I like it. Mm. I like it very much. Mm. And some of it I don't know the answer to. So, uh, I, I mm-hmm. as I said, can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, that's the plot of the episode, guys. That's it. Um, you know, we mm. we close off with Jack in his apartment again, saying, "I'll do whatever you want me to do." Uh, and, and that's it for episode three. I mean, overall, pretty in depth, lots of storylines. And yeah, so much happened, really. Yeah, huge story. It. And I in cut and some yeah. shit out of that Less as well. Um, so I think it might be time for us to, to move on to, to King Corner. What do you think, guys? King Corner. Yay. Yay. Yeah. I'm innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hi, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat. Red rum! Red rum! Creepy Carrie! Creepy Carrie! You flop! Hello, it's King Corner time. You're still stuck with me. I've, I've been here the whole time and I'm not going anywhere. Uh, so King Corner this week is going to be split into two parts. The first is going to be some book differences and the second uh, some little Easter eggs, both King and otherwise related. And I've got some good ones mm, this yummy. week, guys. Real good ones. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's let's kick off with, with book differences. We've, we've talked quite a lot about Holly. Um, <clears throat> one of the biggest things I think that is different in the book to, to this adaptation is her introduction um, because we, we get her in a monologue uh, she talks a lot about Bill Hodges, which is uh, the detective or retired detective PI that she works with in the um, Mr. Mercedes et al. series or the Bill Hodges trilogy. Uh, so, I, I, But I think they've done a really good job of it. Um, so I don't think it kind of has any, gives any harm, so to speak. No. no. Uh, now, Lucy, this one's for you. The reason that I keep forgetting the lawyer's name is because they've changed it. It's Samuel's in the book. What lawyer? Exactly, the it's DA. Howard, isn't it? Oh, is it DA. Howard or something? No, we're talking about the DA. Yeah, the DA. Uh, I can't remember his shit. name. Yeah, well, yeah. shit. Um, but that's why I can't remember it, because they keep changing names for no fucking reason. Okay. Okay. We've just talked about this. So the prisoner, um, this is a guy called Heath Holmes in the book. Uh, again, yes, he was an orderly from the care home. Uh, but rather than being killed in prison, after he is convicted, he commits suicide, and then so does his mother soon after. Mm, one of them mm. again. Well, there you go. Manipulated. Manipulated again. Mm. Next. Indeedy. Um, I knew it. And then the last difference, I mean, there's not many really uh, massive differences anyway that we haven't already talked about. Uh, but when Jack 
uh, it goes back home and he's trying to get painkillers out of the bathroom and you know he's putting something on the back of his neck because in the book he thinks he's got sunburn um, that's turning into skin cancer because his father had it uh, he the outsider as you've been calling him the dark you know the guy appears behind the shower curtain which is creepy yeah mm. that is scary um, and he shows his hands and his knuckles where he has two tattoos one that says can't and the other that says must do we recognise that from oh, anyone else oh. yes <laughs> Paddy Considine yeah, Claude Bolton. Oh. Uh, it's his, yeah. I think they're... Or Paddy McGuinness. As well, yeah. Referred to take take yeah, yeah. out. Uh, um, I think from Narcotics Anonymous, uh, which I just thought was an interesting way to, to change it. That is interesting. Hmm. Uh, da, 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 da. That's about... Yeah, I mean, but difference is why it's not a massive amount this week. Um, but I have got mm. some really nice little weird Easter eggs. Eggies. So, movie, Leprechaun. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Any comments on that movie itself? Isn't Jennifer Aniston in it? Is she? Very early days, Jen. There you yeah. go. It, it, it's a terrible horror film, but it's funny. So I'm all for it. Well, here is another lovely Easter egg. Did you know that Stephen King has an unpublished and unfinished uh, novel called The Leprechaun, written in 1983 for his son Owen? <laughs> No, I did not. Right, of course no. he does. Apparently, He's literally written about every supernatural thing ever. Well, so he's never published it. Be... And apparently he lost 30 yeah. pages of it off the back of his motorcycle once while driving to, uh, I was about to say Derry then, Careless. Bangor. Or Bangor. <laughs> uh, so if if anyone <laughs> banger. cares. Banger. 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 If anyone cares, in the story, Owen is playing in a garden when he sees his cat attacking what seems to be a small animal, only to discover that the cat is attacking a tiny man. <laughs> At that point, the story ends. <laughs> According to King, the rest of the story was lost from the back of his motorcycle, so there is no chance of the remainder being discovered. Uh, however, right again. Again. Shit, so <laughs> however, the remains <laughs> of like the story are like available online. Sounds like a Goosebumps online. episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Love it sounds great. Um, did anybody notice the book <clears throat> that the prisoner was reading, uh, the child killer that was then deaded? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Was, um, the Iliad again. The Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, no. 1983. Uh, it was called Lost in the Maze. Now, I spent some time today procrastinating from work trying to find mm. this book. I don't think it exists. However. No, but yeah, it could be a nod to a few things, couldn't uh, it? Well, it is. There are a number of things. Oh, what's the obvious link, Len? Well, Shining is yeah. number one. Um, which we're banned from talking about. But there are also <laughs> three books with this title. One is a novel about ISIS. What, the yeah. Islamic State? Mm-hmm. Mm. Another is a kid's book where a little girl loses her dad in a maze. That sounds scary. Yeah, I mean, it is a picture book. Sounds scary. But yeah, still scary. Uh, and then there's another one that, and I won't take credit for this because I couldn't find it myself, called Lost in the Maze, Finding Myself, which could potentially link to the old doppelganger theories. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, Stephen King's, one of his other works, which is a Netflix adaptation now, In the Tall Grass, uh, is a, a labyrinthian maze yes. of sorts. Um fucking terrible film uh oh. if you you know oh, really? it's something that we should do as a retrospective because it's 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 appalling um a waste of an hour and a half of your life but uh i've never read the book maybe the book's pretty good but he, he's he likes it's that maze son, yeah yeah big time is big it time. He's joking isn't it not 
Well, yeah, I don't know which one of the kings it is. I must be joking. Uh, be good. Um, the adaptation was not very good. We haven't really talked much about this, but this is my last Easter egg, don't worry. Uh, doppelgangers, guys. How much Scary. do we all know, love or care about doppelgangers? I know a bit about them. A little bit. They're pretty fascinating and terrifying. Bad luck. Yeah. Terrifyingly Extremely bad luck. Uh, but it- they are also sometimes referred to in Irish... Uh, Mythology, the fetch. fetch. Yes, as a fetch, mm. uh, which can either be. I find that quite fetching, don't you? No, Ooh. the actual the story of the of fetches is is awful. It's like an omen to death. I know. Yeah, but but I yes, mine, I, mine was I a quote from Holly Gibney. Yeah, Gaz's point still stands. <laughs> um, but we also find doppelgangers or doubles in a number of uh, works by Stephen King. Anybody name any of them? The Dark Half. Excellent. He so, has a creepy alter ego. Yeah, Tad yeah. Beaumont and his murderous yeah. doppelganger, George Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. Len, anything that you've read have any oh, doppelgangeries oh, I can't. or twinners in it? Uh, well, The Shining's got twins. <laughs> okay, I'll allow that. Yeah. Well, no, because they not are a, a bad omen. Uh, no, so in the Talisman, which I've read, and its sequel, Black House, so that's um, Peter Stephen King and Peter Straub. The Talisman is a brilliant book. There is an alternate um, kind of line of reality called the Territories, in which everybody has doubles or twinners, um, and it's really interesting. It's nice. It's like some little oldie place it's really fun um and then something i haven't read but finders keepers apparently is also uh, includes doppelgangers interesting Mm. interesting Uh, and do not make me add that to my reading list because it sounds terrible uh and that's it that's it for king corner um anything i've missed guys any easter eggs you found I thought no, that, thought no, that was pretty good. Really. I mean, just obviously we talked tonally about the way that the creature seems to attack children and manipulate people. So Very it vibes, penny, yeah. Pennywise vibes. Um, that was basically my main takeaway from it. Um, but yes, very similar to Pennywise. Uh, Len, reckon it's time for some feedback? Yeah, time time for the old feedback. Thank you for, for your thoughts, people. We weren't expecting much feedback because we didn't know what the uptake was going to be on this show. Turns out, very good. Mm. Um, so if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so by emailing us. Uh, that is the best way. Okay. Um, and that is, you can email fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, Get in touch with our uh, social media posts, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, however you like to get in touch with us. Let us know. And, and if we get them and read them, we'll put them into this little feedback section uh, where I'm now going to read some of the feedback live and get some thoughts from uh, the fan critical team gathered here. Uh, first of all, um, we have a email from Brooke Bunny. Mm. Brooke Bunny. Mm. Good name. Uh, Good name. Yeah, real name, real name. Uh, hello from the US. Uh, hello from hello. Australia and the UK. That's us replying. Uh, she says sorry for for our president, and then a bad smiley face. You know, we're not political critical. We're not political critical, but you know, we do line ourselves down a more liberal. Yeah. thanks. For um, you know, sort of line. Um, I just want to let you guys know how much I love your podcast. I stumbled upon you all when searching for Stephen King content and you five are my absolute favourites. Yeah. I get so excited when I see new episodes pop up. John is my favourite because he's so grouchy. So, so grouchy, he's decided not to be. He's having a little bit of time off. Uh, he's absolutely hilarious. And of course, Lucy and Emma. So Lucy of course, two, us. two and three. Brilliant. Thanks, <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just leave, oh, shall we? Don't worry, because still love you, Len. And then Gareth is last in this list. Gareth, and then uh, and Gareth. 
uh, and can't Last wait for, for us to come back. We're back. We're back. We're back now. We're back, We're back now. Talk about the outsider. So hope you enjoyed it. Right, brilliant. Um, and thank you for your support, Brooke. We love that. Lovely positive email. Even though I was fourth, I'll let you off. I mean, should definitely be higher than that. Um, it, someone else we've had writing in is uh, is Rito from Switzerland. Rito Berner. Rito. Um, I think we had some Castle Rock discussions with them before. Um, and it's it, you know greetings Minutemen. So it's a yes, Watchmen there reference go. there yeah, as well. Done, Rito. Um, so yes, the Minutemen still exist. John is just having a sabbatical at the moment. He the will two return. Minutemen. Two Minutemen are back. Uh, and thank you for covering HBO's The Outsider, um, Lucy and Emma. Your honorary Minutemen. Um, because you know that's We're what here. you are now. Okay, you're, step, you're stepping up. All right. Um, I was hoping I was hoping you'd cover this series, as uh, your Stephen King content is always highly entertaining for King aficionados like me. Yeah. Is everyone in your merry group familiar with the Dark Tower series? By the way, if that pilot gets picked up by Amazon, it would surely make another excellent fan critical podcast. Fingers crossed. Agreed. Sorry to tell you this, Rito. Um, I do love the Dark Tower, and Emma's reading it now. It's actually my favourite thing that Stephen King's done. Um, uh, but what I will say is I, I've heard strong rumours that the Amazon pilot has been cancelled uh, oh, for Dark really? Tower. So uh, it's a shame. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that's officially confirmed yet, but my strong spidey sense and little diggings on the interwebs tells me that that show is not getting picked up for a series. So sorry about that. Quick thoughts about the first two episodes. Uh, so far, very faithful to the novel. Casting is great, as are the performances. Beautifully shot, and that creepy music really added to the tension and atmosphere. 100% mm. agree, like we talked about, the composition yeah. of the show is brilliant. Uh, Terry getting shot gave me chills. Fantastic scene. In short, HBO once again delivering quality content. Thanks for the great podcast, Wordslingers, and long days and pleasant nights to you all. So, and to thank you. you. Um, so... Completely agree with that. I thought the first episodes were very good. Terry dying was a shock and, you know, very uh, troubling scenes all round. I think the show is very creepy, uh, super eerie, and that's why we love it so much. Uh, Kimberly Matty has had this to say. I'm just so very happy you're doing The Outsider. In a crap week, you're the best thing to happen today. Um, well, I, would, I hope your week has improved. I hope. Well, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that we could help. Yeah, I'm guessing it. that was last week, and actually, we had nothing to do with yeah. it, Len. This is all. Yeah, this is all Emma yeah. and Lucy. Yeah. So we're not. Um, well, I hope, me, me hope and you'll have a better praise. week this week. Yeah, this sounds mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Emma and Lucy cheer you up, and now hopefully, me and Gareth returning will also cheer you up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give the first two episodes five blueberries, but did not read the book. Read all earlier Stephen King, but not all the recent stuff. Keep on with the Five Blueberry podcast. All right. Respect for the Five Bloobs there. Will do. And if you do want to leave us a review, anyone, please do leave us reviews. We love the reviews. Yep. Uh, blueberry us. Blueberry us on the Fan Critical channel or the Castle Rock Critical channel. And if you haven't subscribed to uh, Fan Critical, do it now. Perfect opportunity. Por no los dos? Yeah. Why, why not do two? Why not, why not both? do both? Yeah, of course. Um, Tara, a red apple tree, our you know, long-time listener, long-time fan and long-time, long-time writer in, has had... Yeah, long time, good name. Has had this to say. Just listen to the first episode review by Emma and Lucy of The Outsider. Oh, as always, a great job. Engaging and informative. <laughs> okay, Woo! now to my bit of input into the show. I haven't read the book yet and I'm trying not to form any theories about it. Just watching and enjoying it for what it is. Mm. Uh, so far, it's looking promising. Yep. I don't great. think this is exactly an Easter egg or anything, but I've started reading The Dark Half. I'm on a pangborn kick. <laughs> I haven't finished the book yet. Uh, but there's a whole series of murders that have fingerprints and blood matches to a guy who didn't commit the murders. Pangborn talks about how, at least at the time period of the story, fingerprints 
can't be planted. There's a lot of twin stuff brought up, uh, though the main suspect, Tad, is only a child throughout. Uh, Emma, you just talked about this, right, in King Corner, essentially, yeah. Tad Beaumont. Yeah. Um, so this, I'll throw this over to you, Emma. That's, that, that's all sort of explained later on in the dark half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very... Well, very much so, yes. And I won't spoil anything for Tara, um, especially as she is an avid listener. The Dark Half is a fantastic book, especially if you are yeah. enjoying Pangborn. So uh, let us know what you think when you finish it. Oh, I love Pangborn. I love that she's oh, on the Pangborn pick Pangers. for 2020. Yeah. That's who, who isn't? Yeah. Uh, 2020 more Pangborn, that's what we should all do. Uh, she says, sorry I'm not more concise in my summary, but so much of the forensics has reminded me of, of, of that book. Granted, I'm currently reading it, so of course it's on my mind. Um... Then she's also had this to say. Um, they did mention that the boy was sodomized with a stick and that was another mm. item with Terry's fingerprints in episode one because I think you guys were questioning whether well, they mentioned that, that he was sodomized. So. I wasn't sure yeah. if they'd mentioned uh, it in the show so I skipped over it because it wasn't Lucy very just pleasant. Lucy just couldn't hear My it. My ear horn wasn't working. I mean, that, that is horrendous, this sodomized with a stick thing. I mean, that's just fucked up. Um I'm glad I didn't hear it. I don't think we need to talk. We don't need to talk about that anymore because it's just disgusting. Um, Ash Wednesday. The Ash Cross marking is only a Catholic thing as far as I know, at least in Minnesota. Uh, And Boston has a fairly large Catholic population. We also have Fat Tuesday, Tuesday? Mardi Gras Carnival, Shrove Tuesday and Pancake Tuesday. Yeah, we have Shrove Tuesday. Can we have Fat Tuesday every day? Every day is just Fat Day for me just raw Um, some non some non-catholics celebrate that but it's more of an excuse for excess I'm supposed to be your last hour it's supposed to be your last hour before you observe Lent yet which is what we do here it's like get rid of everything Um, in your cupboards before you fast a bit unfortunately though this Because my mum, who is a Native American, was pretty much forced to be Catholic. If you ever want some interesting and horrifying uh, reality, look up the Indian schools of America and Canada. That sounds mm. awful. It sounds awful. Quite interesting, yeah. I imagine. It sounds interesting. I mean, it's interesting. And thanks, Tara. But, uh, uh, thank, what a thank great for that, email. Tara. Thanks for that insight. Um, Elizabeth uh, Nikolaevich has this to say. Um, I started uh, to read the book, but the crime and its description so disturb- was so disturbing, I dropped it like a hot potato. Just can't <laughs> unsee it. Uh, I was already traumatised uh, when I watched episode one, then additionally horrified seeing Maitland's uh, empty soul countenance and bloodied face uh, with the little girl interacting, you know, when she recounts oh, yeah. seeing him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fucked up with just blood everywhere. Uh, agree Emma even in Ozarks he has more expression Maitland's wife irritates me as well Yay. Lucy um, think because it appears to be she appears to be such a bitch the older girl plays off her younger sister uh, sister's creep out so convincingly I'm creeped out mm. as well the detective explicitly telling Maitland's wife something strange going on sends her running uh, knows something or scaring her now too and even the demise of the victim's family was terrifying all the dead silence and I you know that was fucked up you know that scene where the mother rages and then has a heart attack that was that was actually a a brilliant brilliant scene Mm. uh obviously something sinister going on given the hooded uh mystery and the impossibility uh here's a question (laughs) um detective noticed something about uh the bad maitland's finger at the station don't know if it got mentioned again or maybe i missed it what was that about so remember he flipped the bird in one of the security videos what what you know, what is that? 
that's I think she's asking is that significant in any way or is um, that just a sign I don't know, of him but fucking in the book, hotel or something in the book um, Claude Bolton notices that he has a really long little finger like one that you would use to snort coke that's a long fingernail okay yeah that's what I meant sorry yeah. fingernail yeah, I thought you meant he has this creepy long no no fingernail, fingernail. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was a slightly more PG version of that I, I don't know yeah, well, that's that's Emma's take on it. Uh, she also says, great podcast, as per usual, Emma and Lucy. Glad you're back. Happy New Year to you all. And happy New Year to you, Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth. Oh. All our listeners. Um, Laura Beamish has been in touch. She said this. Patreon. Say, hey, guys. Patreon, I'm, Laura. She's a patron. Pa- 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 Patreons. We know our Patreons. Part of the Patreon community. Look at Lucy just straight in there. Patreon. Patreon. She knows because she knows she's got the same initials. Mm, LB. LB. Yeah. Pounds. Pounds. Yeah. Um, you do. Hey guys, I'm a little late getting to this, so I don't really have anything to contribute plot wise, but just want to say so far I'm enjoying the outsider, and uh, like usual, you guys are doing a great job. Woo. To answer your question, I can't speak for the general population over here in Canada, but I did go to a Catholic school and will say that ashes on the forehead for Ash Wednesday was definitely a thing every year. I thought of it as soon as the smudge on the forehead was mentioned. Mm, I may be in the mi- minority on that one though. Um, but no, it seems this Ash Wednesday thing is a thing, Gareth. Yeah. Um, something that I wasn't aware of. Well, because we don't, we don't. I think since moving to Australia, I've yeah. been like, blimey, there's a lot of Catholics yeah. around. Well, Mel went. My girlfriend went to a Catholic school, as did your How wife. Many times same you mentioned school. Yeah. He's got a girlfriend. Yeah, sorry. Well, you've mentioned your wife like four times. I think you've mentioned. But what him. I will say is, as soon as they mentioned the Ash <laughs> thing, she just went Ash Wednesday, and I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah, my boyfriend said that as well because my boyfriend went to Boston. Yeah, my cat meowed about Ash that. Wednesday, so my boyfriend said, um, <laughs> "Can you two stop showing off about your boyfriend and cat?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Anyway, that's um, that's that's it for feedback. That's uh, wicked feedback. Uh, wow. Wow. So much yeah, positive feedback yeah. makes it all worth um, it. We want more. Yes. Give us the feedback. Give, give us, us the feedback. feedback to us. Give, give us your dollars. Feedback. Give us your feedback. Uh, and give us your support. Uh, you can follow us on all the social medias. You can subscribe to the Fan Critical Channel, the Castle Rock Critical Channel. Check out Watchmen Watchers and HBO's Watchmen. Also, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fan critical. We need the support. We love your support and we, we love interacting it. with you. Um, <laughs> so give it, give it to us. Um, back to Emma in the studio (laughs) Um, no absolutely we love that feedback and uh, anything that you'd like to tell us about either this episode or the uh, episode next week which is entitled uh, I apologise for my pronunciation here Que viene el coco Uh, I'm not going to spoil it as to what that translation is something of the chocolate Mm. Uh, no it's not Um, but I think next week from my knowledge it's going to be a very exciting episode and it could be a contender for the five bloob Ooh, uh, build up. Uh, it has been a, a long but enjoyable conversation. Thank you, team. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, probably this entire crew. In the meantime, tell us what you all think and uh, tell us more about Ash Wednesday. Yeah, and that. Uh, thank you, Lucy, Ooh. Gaz, and Len. And uh, let's all say goodbye. Mm, thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.